0: Welcome to Cannabis Uncut, proudly brought to you by Tincture Taylor. Head over to TinctureTaylor.com now for a unique range of cannabinoid and terpene tinctures. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cannabis Uncut, the podcast where we dissect the cannabis plants and the cannabis industry, one topic at a time, asking the what's, the why's, the where's and the how's. Join us, as always, is the man who can answer your questions better than Google can, Professor Michael Barnes. Welcome.
1: Thank you for asking me back.
0: Um, Right, so... This week's topic, um, it might be a long one, so we, we'll see how we get on, but we might have to split it yes. up into two. We're going to record it in one one go, uh, but I might I might, I might split it up into two because we are going to be delving into quite a meaty one. We're going to be talking about the history of cannabis, and it has a long and varied history. So we'll see how we get on with this very, very, very meaty topic. Indeed, um, as yes. always, um, I would normally actually pass on to you to do a quick summary. I'm not entirely sure you can summarize the history of cannabis in 60 seconds, but um, do you want to see if you can give it a good go?
1: Let's give it a go. Well, I think you can do it even less than that, because the history of cannabis goes back for its medical use uh, about 5000 years. And it's the first medicine ever written down to be described by man. Uh, and it's developed since then, both, both a medicine, a spiritual substance and a recreational substance so it's got a long history it's been involved in so many different cultures across the world over so many millennia and it's it's demonization it's stigmatization is only really in the last well to be generous 80 years and so we've got you know 4,920 years of solid history and 80 years of prohibition and I think that says it all about the history and people forget that it's actually been a medicine known to man Uh, for as long as man has been writing medicines down on paper.
0: I'm excited about this topic. I'm going to I'm going to be. Yeah, we're going to get into some good, good questioning zones here. Um, Right. okay. then normally what we pass on is to um, to try and understand what we think the general public might know about this topic first. Um, As always, uh, I'm going to give it a good go at at starting first. Hmm. Um, What do I think the man and lady on the street, Susan and David Smith, will know about the history of cannabis. Um, I think that they will probably know that it has been used for quite a long time. Um, I think they will probably um, associate it with kind of herbal medicine and kind of using it in a more kind of recreational quasi-spiritual way. Um, so I think they probably have a good guess at guessing it's been used for maybe a couple of thousand years. Um, well, I probably don't think that they will know that it has been used medicinally for maybe even at all, actually. But I don't think they will normally make that connection.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think people will know that it's been a long history of recreational use, possibly spiritual use. Um, I think generally most people won't realise it's medical use um, actually probably predates its uh, recreational use. Uh, it's got a long, solid, noble uh, medical history. I think people probably wouldn't know that. I think so from some of the press at the moment, when it, we're now discovering its use for childhood epilepsy, for example, they think oh, it's a great new use of an old product. Actually, it's a great old use of an old product. And I think that's what people don't probably, on average, don't understand or don't remember or don't know.
0: So before we delve into the kind of questions that that people have asked Google when they've been curious about the history of cannabis, I think it's probably best if we start by setting more of a wider picture on what we mean by cannabis, because when we're looking at the history of the plant, there are a lot of different kind of terminologies that are, are put out there into the public domain so we've got words like and this will be a topic for a different day but we've got kind of keywords like indica sativa ruderalis and hemp yes. and cannabis yes. and marijuana so if yes. we're kind of lumping them all together can you kind of touch on what what do we think we mean by cannabis
1: well, are right. And uh, if you look on Google, I think there's well over a hundred plus names for cannabis uh, mainly it's recreational use. Um, and it is confusing for people. I mean, basically we're dealing with one plant, one plant species, cannabis sativa L, L for Linnaeus, who named all the plants a long time ago. Um, that's its proper name. That is the plant that's been known for millennia. Over the centuries, uh, it's sort of subdivided into subspecies that are slightly different looking, slightly different growing, slightly different places in different climates. And therefore, the climate has an effect on what the plant looks like. So we have cannabis sativa, sativa, just to confuse everybody, uh, which tends to grow in subtropical regions in its natural state. So it has to grow very tall uh, to get to the, the the tropical canopy, to get to the sunlight. So it can grow up to 10 metres. That's huge. You know, it's, that's just tree-like height I mean generally it's probably four or five meters in its natural environment but it can be incredibly tall thin thin leaves tall plant then the other variety that grew up in the non uh, not in the tropics places like Afghanistan and Morocco it didn't have to compete with a tropical canopy to get to the sun so the species there the subspecies there tends to be short and squatty Uh, doesn't grow to a very great height and is more of a bush broad leaves and that's cannabis sativa indica. There's another one which I think is probably just confuses people unnecessarily called cannabis sativa ruderalis that um, doesn't flower according to the change in the light seasons but that's a small print. Um, as an aside most of the plants we know are familiar with now recreationally and medically are actually hybrids between sativas and indicas uh, grown for different purposes to be high in this and low in that um, so that division is not really that helpful anymore. And to blow another myth, if I can do a little bit of that as well, it, was, it has, and is still said, that sativa produces um, a, a cannabinoid profile that tends to be uh, uplifting, energizing, creative, if you like, whereas indica tends to produce a state that is sedating, couch lock as it's called. And that may have a general truth, but it's a long time ago, but it's not really the case now. And so the, the division between sativa's and indica's Um, are really not helpful anymore and some cannabis companies still promulgate that myth Uh, and indeed doctors can still prescribe a sativa variety or indica variety and they tend to use indica's for helping people sleep and sativa when they want to stay awake in the daytime. That's not really helpful because it's the cannabinoid and the terpene profiles that determine whether it's sedating or not. And finally, uh, there's hemp. Now hemp is cannabis sativa. Again, it's cannabis sativa sativa. But over the years hemp has been grown to have for its tall, strong stem. Uh, and that's been used for paper and textiles and uh, in the saving ships' days for sails, canvases, ropes. Uh, uh, and it's got a very, very useful uh, crop still today. No doubt we can talk about that as this uh, talk progresses. But hemp is cannabis. The, the sort of slightly slang name for cannabis is marijuana. That was a Spanish name, mainly from Mexico. And we don't really, this is used quite widely still in the States, although I think this use is generally now discouraged because it's associated with a, a big historical change that we'll, we'll talk about, talk about uh, where um, the Reefer Madness campaign and um, anti marijuana campaign. So it was associated with a rather nasty, racist, uh, anti Mexican, anti black campaign in the 1920s, 1930s. So marijuana, at least in uh, Europe, is not really used, but it is still uh, used in the States. Um, I think we should try and just use the word cannabis. Try and forget sativa and indica and try and forget marijuana. Uh, But we do need to differentiate it from hemp because hemp is not really grown for its cannabinoids and its recreational use because it produces flowers just high in CBD. Um, Really not much else. Um, uh, But hemp is a sort of, almost a separate crop now which we can discuss in due course. So I hope that ramble was useful to differentiate and get a little bit clearer about the, all, the, all the variety of names in this field.
0: It was. It's, it's one of the elements that is incredibly confusing and there are quite a few different elements within this uh, industry that are quite confusing to the uh, yes. to the man and the lady on, on the street and I think that is definitely one of them. But what we're going to do is we're going to try and lump everything together when we're talking about the the, the history yes. of, kind of this um, yes. here. So we're going to totally leave the the last hundred years to to one side uh, because that's when everything turned upside down and we're going to try to go back as far as we possibly can. So when is the first kind of documented use or or mention of uh, the word cannabis or what we think probably was cannabis?
1: Well it goes back, uh, just to predate that slightly, we've got fossilised cannabis seeds go back millions of years, before man almost. So it's been a plant that's been on this planet uh, since before man was on this planet. But obviously its use as a medicine has only began to be recorded when man came along and actually was able to record things. And the first recording that we're aware of, I'm aware of, it goes back about 5,000 years to an emperor called Shen Nung, who was a Chinese emperor. He was so-called father of Chinese medicine, uh, he, believed the introduction, he, he developed the introduction of acupuncture but also of course all medicine was herbal in those days so he produced a very useful book describing the medical use of hundreds of different herbs including cannabis and his description of cannabis uh, was almost certainly for pain Possibly even for epilepsy, though the the, um, writings aren't really clear because we don't—they probably didn't understand what epilepsy was in those days. Uh, But certainly, it was the first description. Therefore, it was the first one of the first medicines described by man, and that was to be exact. He was writing the book 2,737 years before Christ. Therefore, best part of 5,000 years ago. So it's a—it's a medicine with a very long history.
0: So we think. Cannabis has been on the well, we know actually I mean if the seeds are found yes. that cannabis on, has been on the planet for since um, since uh, prehistoric times um, yeah. and one of the earliest documented cases um, uh, is from China where it talks about it being a medical property so we're straight into the first documented case that it has medical benefits so we're exactly. talking about a history of five thousand years yes. of medical benefit exactly that amazing so when we are moving on to kind of hemp is there is there evidence before that for the the kind of the use of hemp because hemp we will have a separate topic on this but can be used for a whole variety of different um things uh, rope structures um paper etc that, that have been used for a long long mm, time so absolutely. is there a kind of history of hemp before that
1: not as far as i'm aware no um it goes back many millennia, but I think the first descriptions actually were the medical use by Shen Nung rather than hemp and rather than the use for spiritual and recreational purposes. So no, uh, hemp obviously was on the planet uh, as long as cannabis was and no doubt was being used long before Shen Nung put it in writing. Of course, we don't know that for certain because we need it in writing for us to understand it today. Uh, but I don't think there was any earlier um, written references to the cannabis plant at all. I think that was the very first one that we are currently aware of
0: okay so then we're in china we're thousand years ago in terms of thinking about the world and where cannabis is has cannabis made its journey um down to afghanistan or um it turned into the, the ruderalis shrub to make its way across the eurasias or into north america yet
1: yeah well from the it was really southern china sort of himalayan foothills roughly where this was described and used from there there's records Still well before Christ BCE, um, it, it, traveling a little bit eastwards into um, fully eastern China and Southeast Asia. But mainly its, it's documented progress was along the Silk Road uh, westwards into ancient India. Certainly there's many good descriptions of its use in ancient Indian culture. Um, and, but then into um, Assyria, uh, ancient Greece, ancient Middle East. Uh, into ancient Egypt, of course, there's a nice example in some of the Egyptian hieroglyphs, there's one called Ebers Papyrus, which is about 1500, 1550, I think, BC, uh, where the use of cannabis was described in one of the hieroglyphics there. And that's use was a cannabis poultice for a vaginal use for pain, probably related to menstrual cramping. Um, so that's another example, well, well uh, and into antiquity. It then carried on spreading down the Silk Road into um, ancient Greece, ancient Rome, well-known and well-documented throughout the Middle Ages across Europe. In relative terms, it's actually quite recent that it crossed the Atlantic and became part of the culture uh, of North and South America. About 1500s, 1600s, it crossed the Atlantic and began to be cultivated in the Americas. Um, And of course, it also spread down towards Africa. But its main use as a medicine, broadly speaking, followed the Silk Road eastwards, still in the days well before Christ.
0: So uh, from two and a half thousand years, it's made its way down the Silk Road. We know that it was in Egypt around 1500 B.C., and then it's a, it has to wait a long old time to kind of cre- get across that, I suppose, fairly big pond of the Pacific, so which is a sli- little bit of a limiting factor for them. Um, but back in the day, do we know how they administered cannabis? Was it smoked originally or did they have any, any kind of other way? Do we know this about how they took it?
1: Um, we do a little bit. It was certainly well it used in many varieties of ways. Basically, it's still the same as it's used today pretty well. Uh, it was certainly smoked. Um it was certainly people inhaled the vapor, and there's a lovely story by an ancient Greek uh, called Herodotus of Halicarnassus. This is about four fifty b c and I remember his description was they is talking about the 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 tribe called the Scythians uh and they I got the quote. They take some hemp seed, creep into a tent and throw the seed onto the hot stones. At once it begins to smoke, giving off a vapour unsurpassed by any vapour bath one could find in Greece. The Scythians enjoy it so much they howl with pleasure." Uh, So it was used as a, a, a sit around a fire and inhale the fumes, smoke it certainly, and of course we've already heard about its uh, use in ancient egypt as a a vaginal suppository as well and taking it orally this this the the powder the oil being taken orally as well so basically it was used pretty well the same way as it is used today actually
0: great so we are moving closer to present day uh, there's yeah. quite a few examples you've already kind of talked about. Is there any other kind of key examples or uses of its um, of, of cannabis within like throughout the Dark Ages or as it's moved to um to the, to North and South America before we get to say that the, the latter 200 years?
1: Well, simply to say that in the Middle Ages, it was just a. And we shouldn't forget, as I said earlier, all medicine was herbal medicine up to about the 1930s when the pharmaceutical industry started to develop things. Science was it was taking over medicine, which I think is the pendulum swung too far. But nevertheless, up to about the 1930s, all medicine was herbal medicine. And it was just totally accepted as a a valid herbal medicine. And there's many, many examples in the Middle Ages. Uh, one that might be known to some people, called Nicholas Culpepper. He wrote something called Culpepper's Complete Herbal, which is perhaps a definitive book in the Middle Ages about the properties of all the herbs, over 400 herbs he described. And he just described it as a a decoction of the root allays inflammations of the head and other parts. So he was referring to its anti-inflammatory properties, its pain relieving properties. Um, No, It was just an accepted part of medicine. There was a guy... Coming up to a little bit near the modern era in the mid 19th century called Sir William Osler who was described as the father of modern medicine and one of his quotes in his well-known book called the principles and practice of medicine um, described cannabis as the most satisfactory remedy for migraine and in the same era we know that Queen Victoria used cannabis uh, for her period pains and certainly her physician Sir John Russell Reynolds um, in the late 19th century. I said that managed property property cannabis is one of the most valuable of medicines so you know really up to put out pretty well to the modern era cannabis was just totally accepted by the medical establishment and by the populace as a perfectly valid uh, way to treat conditions particularly pain so it's we shouldn't forget so that it's demonization is a very modern phenomenon
0: so before we kind of get onto the um yeah. the, the key events yeah. of the last 100 um 100 odd years that, that turned it into a, a criminalised, very bad drug that is um, uh, still seen that way in many different countries. Um, the link between herbal medicine and it not being a medicine at all. So if you if you stop people on the street and say, what's your opinion of herbal medicine? I imagine, or I'm actually, actually fairly confident that most people will say that's, has no medical benefits um herbal medicine is mm. what's practiced by charlatans or hippies um it will have no yes. benefit whatsoever so if we're yeah. talking about human history all the way up until 200 years ago there was only herbal medicine and then since pharmaceuticals have come on that has changed but is there any kind of reasoning that you think that herbal medicine is now seen as close to a, a laughing stock, probably in most within most people's yeah, consciousness
1: um I think that's, that's an interesting question. I think it's partly the fault of the pharmaceutical industry and I'm not anti-pharmaceutical industry. The pharmaceutical industry has done some wonderful things and produced some wonderful drugs that have produced a hugely better quality of life, hugely better lifespan, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Uh, but it's bit, the pendulum swung way to pharmaceuticals and way away from herbals. And we shouldn't forget, actually, many pharmaceutical medicines are based on herbals to start with. You know, the the scientists in the early days extracted a pharmaceutical grade medicine from a herbal product. So there's an overlap period. And now they don't necessarily do that very much. They develop it in the test tube in the laboratory. But I think for some reason, we've got so, our doctors and therefore their patients have got so pharmaceuticalized, if that's a word, um, you're right that herbal medicine is now looked upon as really a rather second rate, rather silly. But I have to say in some countries, um, herbalists uh, are still very respected. And we're not, let's say we're talking about just the country like China. China has a very strong dual medicine system, a pharmaceutical type medicine and a Chinese medicine, if you like a herbalist. Uh, type of medicine run in parallel uh, and run very well in parallel. In New Zealand, when I went there to, to talk uh, a couple of years ago, there was a very strong uh, tradition of herbalists who are now t- still totally respected as herbalists, as medics uh, forming, uh, following herbal medicine. So it's really only some of the more westernized cultures, uh, Western Europe and the States particularly, uh, that we've got a bit we look down our noses at herbs um, and I think it's gone far too far. There are many n- wonderful natural products, natural chemicals in many herbs and the cannabis is a prime example of that that have remarkable medical properties and the sooner we get back to trying to understand what those medical properties are and trying to extract them from the different plants the better. We'll have a better more rounded um, medicine I believe and often these plants of course have work well and have fewer side effects than the pharmaceutical equivalents. So I think it's a it's a cultural shift in the last 80 years um, against herbs, seeing them as old fashioned out of date hippies.
0: Thank you. Um, so I haven't actually asked any of the questions that people have asked Google yet because it's a very okay. meaty topic. Um, but the fir- the first specific one um, that people yeah. have asked is that the, related to the history of cannabis and the United Kingdom in particular. So, uh, we've talked about how long the history goes back, but do we know when it might have entered the UK for the first time and, and, and when it would have been kind of a, a relatively widely used herbal
1: medicine from? Well, that is from the Middle Ages. And I've given a couple of examples. The one I gave was Nicholas Culpepper's book, which was uh, from the 16th, I forgot when it was now, it was the 17th century. So it's it's been part of standard medical practice for several hundreds of years. I suppose you could say that the first modern, inverted commas, medicine introduced into the country was called Squire's Extract, and that was brought in the late 19th century. Uh, by an Irish physician called William Brooke O'Shaughnessy who'd gone and lived and worked in India and he noticed that the local population in India was using cannabis not just for spiritual and recreational purposes but for medical purposes, particularly pain. When he came back he went uh, back from India to live in in England and he brought with him the uh, the extracts of cannabis and called them Squire's extract. And I suppose that was perhaps one of the very early cannabis medicines that we could say is a part of a modern medicine used in a modern way. Still predates pharmaceutical medicine, of course. Uh, So, yeah, I think it's been introduced in this country at that level, certainly for over 120, probably 150 years.
0: Okay, so we're now entering the the modern time. So we're walking up towards the the 20th century and cannabis is uh, relatively widely used across the entire world um and um i think if if it, the, the understanding of it as and its medical benefits is widespread so yeah. we're entering the 20th century there is obviously a point at which there is a a, a switch across the world mm. a trigger yeah. that has sent this this plant from being legal and widely used to being illegal yes. and uh, well, illegally um branded across across most of the, the most of the world
1: yeah, and that's, there's several parallel historical strands. Perhaps the earliest was at something called the Second Opium Conference that was held in Geneva in 1925. And this was the world, it sort of predated the UN, really. It was the world getting together because there was an increasing international trade, illegal trade in narcotics. And the world was coming together to try and put narcotic controls internationally. And they met uh, in Geneva. Uh, debating which narcotics should be put on this list and how they should control them. And out the blue, not on the agenda, the Egyptian delegate, a guy called Mohamed El-Gindi, stood up and said he would like um, hemp included in this list of um, the banned on narcotics. It's not a narcotic. He said that hashish, which is another name for cannabis, yet another name, was at least as harmful as opium, if not more so, which is completely wrong. But for reasons nobody really knows, because it's not documented, um, no one questioned that. Uh, and they nodded it through and from that moment onwards cannabis was lumped together with the with the cocaines and the opiums and the heroines of of the world so that was the start of the rot if you like but the main driver of the um of this campaign really as is a very interesting historical um story uh, was a guy called harry anslinger now harry uh, was the first um commissioner of the Federal Bureau of um, Narcotics, and he'd been in charge of the prohibition campaign in the States. And the prohibition campaign, I think we're looking at about the 1930s, give me if I don't exact, the exact date, um, uh, was stopping. And therefore Harry's influence was waning. His budget was going down, his staff were going down. And like any good civil servant, he thought, well, I better do something about this. So I need to remain my importance. It is important to me. Um, So he had lighted upon a new campaign, having failed dismally with alcohol. um, And he lighted on cannabis, which he called, which was already called marijuana. Um, And he went hand in hand. I don't think they actually formally joined up. uh, But nevertheless, at the time, there was a a well-known newspaper magnate called William Randolph Hearst. I think, was the model for um, Citizen Kane, a very well-known film. Now, William Randolph owned a lot of newspapers. They were printed on paper, timber, and he owned vast tracts of forest in Texas and Mexico. And he wanted to prevent the increasing trend uh, for hemp to be used for newspapers. And it makes a very good paper. Still does. Uh, He didn't like that because he didn't own any farms, he owned forests and uh, on top of that the Mexicans um, pinched basically his forests in Mexico without compensation so he was rather anti-Mexican and he was rather anti-cannabis so he was an ideal partner uh, to get into this campaign uh, that Harry Anslinger was, was, was pushing. Um, And given the power of Anslinger and the power of William Randolph Hearst and his newspapers, it turned out to be a very successful campaign. I mean, in one sense, a very good marketing campaign because its influence is still felt today. And uh, in shorthand, that campaign is known as uh, Reefer Madness. And uh, of course, that was a film of that name, but it's still available on YouTube if you want to waste half an hour of your life looking at it. Uh, It's a very nasty, uh, racist um, piece of propaganda basically. But this campaign in newspapers uh, was extremely successful and it portrayed cannabis uh, mainly as something that's used by black people and Mexicans uh, and when they take it they go and rape white, white women. I mean, It sounds awful but that's what the campaign was about um, and it was successful and from that moment onwards cannabis was viewed as anti-social, anti-establishment um, and it, it morphed then into the 60s as a as a um, hippie, further anti-establishment uh, drug of recreational use, and its its medical use was rather sidelined, and its recreational use was deemed to be bad and and put to the forefront. So that was really the time when cannabis became. Um, Demonise is probably the right word, I think. And that happened to coincide with the rise, coincidentally, of the pharmaceutical industry. So you've got the herbal medicine, particularly cannabis, going out of fashion, pharmaceutical medicine coming into fashion, and on top of that, the the anti-cannabis campaign, looking at all the bad things it was meant to do. So it was a very interesting turnaround from cannabis being totally accepted to cannabis being totally not accepted by the establishment
0: uh, around the 1920s, 1930s. Hello, everyone. So we're just going to end this episode here and we're going to pick up with part two and finishing the story of uh, the history of cannabis in the 20th century in two weeks' time. Just a quick apology for the sound quality at times. There's a kind of a very irritating clicking sound, but a new mic is on the way. So there's just kind of one more episode uh, to, to get through off that very irritating clicks apologies about that but please do join us in two weeks time for the next episode of cannabis uncut that was cannabis uncut remember to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts this was brought to you by tincture taylor head over to tincture now for unique range of cannabinoid and terpene tinctures